0: one i know y'all don't like when we talk about sports but with the motor city kitties are one game away from the super bowl we got to bring it up that's good news the bad news aaron was cheering a little too much at the game and he's got a he's got a rough voice But we're going to talk the markets anyways. SMCI rally adding on it today. Dragging along NVIDIA, AMD, Broadcom. It's a chip rally once again. Problems at ADM and uh, not good. That's your disaster stock of the day. We'll talk to the cow guy at 810. Get his perspective on the markets. Big Earnings Week. It's Monday. It's pre-market prep. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We are picking up right where we left off on Friday, up oh, 19 and a quarter handles at 48.88.75. That's a new all time high in the cash. Well, the futures, we can talk about that in a little bit. You have the dollar in the red by 14 cents at 102.93. You have the bonds up nearly a point trying to get into that 121 handle. Crude just seems to be stuck at 73 handle, uh, up 21 cents at 73.46. Gold flat, silver taking a hit, down 40 cents at 22.31. And Bitcoin, still unable to catch a bid since the rollout of the ETFs. But you are starting to find support just above the 40K level. I'm going to bring on Triple D here. And uh, Triple D... We have Aaron kind of not feeling well today. Let's uh let's get it. I guess I'm the only one here that's like long and strong. How you feeling today?
1: I'm okay. I have a sore throat, but my sore throat isn't from yelling at the TV. It's just from this stupid flu bug that day sixteen won't go away. I'm gonna fight through it for you here though, and Aaron is actually Got a sore throat just from yelling too much at the TV yesterday with the Lions. So, I mean, TV? wow, hey,
0: man, he was at the bring game. him in,
1: bring AB in, hey, in the background get, here, too. A, a little bit of Lions
2: talk off the hop. What, how we doing, Zinger Nation? As you guys wow. can tell, my voice is a little bit, it's not like it normally is, but we were, you know, yelling loud at the game. I, uh, we also have this video of our <laughs> AC and his kids, oh gosh. Josh Reynolds. <laughs> after look, the- look at him, look at him. <laughs> He's going crazy. I mean that's how Josh is there. The energy and the the energy in the whole stadium yesterday was just crazy. And I mean, I wish we I could make it out to San Francisco, but I don't think that's gonna happen. But if they do win that game, then I will try to make it to Vegas for the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, you know, he got. What out are the Super big...
1: Bowl tickets gonna be? How much?
0: Oh,
2: jeez. Oh man. I
0: just don't to
1: get know. in, like nosebleed. What one SMCI,
2: three SMCI shares, maybe by the time it. You think so? Yeah. You by think the time I, by, by the time. By the time, well, I don't by think the, time the Super Bowl is SMCI might be at a thousand dollars a share. So three, yeah, you, it might you
1: know. be. So it could be three, three. So it could be three grand. Yeah. No, curious. Fifteen hundred is what Chris is saying. Sounds light to me. Fifteen hundred sounds like it's worth going, Joel. It's like, I mean, this Vegas, is never. in Vegas,
0: Dennis. It's in Vegas. That's where uh, the Super really Bowl. It's really worth going. Oh, uh, yeah, Legion Stadium. Oh man, a Super Bowl in Lombardo
1: Vegas. says nine thousand. Nev says seventy five hundred. Ah, H says twelve grand. Fifteen hundred. All over really, the really light to me. Are you looking it up? Can we look it up uh, right now? Man, I'll look it I, up. But the maybe thing you is... go look it up in the background. Maybe the we're all going to go road
2: trip. The thing is, We know is Raz it,
1: is gonna be there if they go there.
2: The ticket prices will fluctuate a lot based on who makes it. So if it's like Chiefs, you know, so you know, if it's a big game, then it'll be I mean, the Lions would probably be one of the one of the ones that would drive the ticket
0: prices higher. I would assume. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's Well, it depends. It depends. Uh, it depends who gets there. But uh, Dennis, let's let's just get right to this. SMCI. I hope you kept your fingers off the keyboard here. What a day! You go. Well, you know, maybe this could go up a <laughs> hundred. Holy macro went up a hundred and got another twenty. It's just just a. A re based on its yeah. PE ratio?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it was this sleepy value AI play. And, you know, we talked about that to a certain extent. Smaller company, not super widely followed, is now. Uh, but when I added it to my acronym, um, I liked the PE. It was trading around 15 or 16 times earnings. And we know, um, you know, that's going to be a major player AI. I mean, it's a smaller company, though, and not as widely followed. So I kind of like the pullback. I've been long it since about 250, I think. Yeah, I remember
0: when you bought it. I I bought it it
1: back in like the fall. So when it pulled back, because I thought this would eventually be, you know, a, a play that, you know, would pay off. And I added it to my acronym here just because I'm big on AI for 2024. Well, they didn't just come in and raise guidance. They raised guidance by like 25%. So, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, it's talked about on CNBC all day talked about in the media all day all of a sudden this is on the radar as a major ai play and you look at the pe thing and you're saying well it's trading like 18 19 times only here now because they raised guidance so much it just basically made up for the guidance raise so is there pull forward all those questions to be answered but right now smci just marching up another 27 points here haven't sold a share i'm still long at all um it's in the long-term account loving it
0: Dennis, are you sure it was the fall or was it August?
1: It might have called? been August. I've been in it for a while. Yeah. I, I yeah. wasn't, you know, and actually I was down in this for a little bit too. I was in it. I think I bought around yeah. like 260. I,
2: I think I after I
1: bought it, it rallied like 280 or 290, and then it pulled back and it saw it's 228, 226. You know, it kind of just bounced around. But what that was was digestion from the previous move. So if you just blow up the chart a little bit further, you had the big move in April. From $90 to $350. And then you had sideways consolidation. Basically, same thing as NVIDIA for six months. The whole back half of 2023, NVIDIA and SMCI digesting the move. Usually, those digestion periods eventually resolve in the way of the previous trend, which was higher. So now we have NVIDIA over 600 AMD breaking out. The only one lagging in my acronym so far is Amgen. I think I put it in the acronym around 304. I bought it at 297, though. So I'm up slightly in it. But I wanted that little bit of diversification. That's why I went after the Amgen there. I didn't want to go all in on AI. And I think there's going to be talk of, I think this is a sleepy weight loss drug play here. They've got multiple weight loss drugs they're working on here. I think Amgen could eventually not maybe be Lilly, but it's trading like 15 or 16 times. Could it move to 20 or 25 times if they start to talk about their weight loss drug a little bit more? If they start to have some successful trials? I think so. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. This isn't going to be a $600 stock, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's a $400 stock. So it's not going to be the SMCI of the group, but wow. I mean, so far, so good with that acronym. NASA, rocket ship.
0: I just want to mention the SMCI because, you know, we talk, you know, a lot of short term investing here and we talk about the longer term investing and it was a big dip. I can. The reason I remember it is, is the thing gap down. I remember when you bought it because it was a big gap down day. And it was off the earnings in August. And I remember you're like, "Ah, well, whatever. You know, you were getting it a discount. You don't like to chase. And I remember you said you were getting it at a a discount to the current price. And it took, I mean, look how long a consolidation period that had before it finally had the breakout. But you know who talked about this stock between maybe 100 and 150? And I don't know if he's listening today. uh, But Christian Fromhertz. Uh, I remember him. He was like, "Yo, oh, you know, this is an AI thing. And uh, I just wanted to give a, a shout out to him. We'll just give you some quick pre-market levels here before we, uh before we move on. And I'm just going to give you the pre-market high, not because I think the highs in, but just because there's targets for So it is nine bucks off. It's pre-market high, but it did that on Friday too. And y'all know what happened. Uh, uh, NVIDIA, it, it traded up to 605.20. So there's a target for you. That's four bucks away. AMD just uh, up another buck 40. And the pre market high in that, if you're looking for a target right now, uh, the pre market high stands at 178.87. So if you're looking for some targets here, there you go for the, the chip stocks. Broadcom, I think Goldman was talking positively about it. It was the one that I thought
1: about putting in the acronym, so I thought about putting AVGO at the back part of NASA because I wanted the NASA, you know, kind of sounded cool, so I wanted that acronym, so I wanted the extra A. I thought about Broadcom for the AVGO just to go all AI, but then I'm like, I thought about Kramer, are you diversified? I'm like, I'm definitely not diversified, but I wanted to add that healthcare stock in there, so I went with the Amgen. But AVGO was one I thought about too. If I went all in AI. It would have been NASA, Nvidia, AMD, SMCI, and AVGO.
0: Okay, let's 810 and, uh, eight ten and eight eight eleven exactly, and uh, let's bring in uh, our our guest Scott Shilady, the Cow Guy, going to get his perspective on the markets. All right. Good morning to you, Scott. Glad to have you here on this Monday morning. And uh, AI. I mean, I know you're involved in the agricultural industry as a as a young lad working uh, working the farm <laughs> for your family. So, give us an AI play in agriculture.
3: Well, I mean, that's going to be – obviously, it's going to – that'll be all around weather because that's going to be able to take all that stuff and compile it way better than any weatherman could. So, AI will probably uh, be big when it comes to kind of forecasting, I think. Um, But I also – just on another side note, I just happen to be uh, flipping the channels as well this weekend. I was getting a little sick of all the uh, pregame stuff for all the football and uh, they had the Chicago Cubs replay replaying Chicago Cubs convention talk with their new, their new manager, Craig Counsel from Milwaukee. And had I been at that conference, I would have liked to have asked him, you know, because we all have seen Moneyball. Um, how AI would uh, is going to revamp some of the decisions he makes uh, when he plays. So AI in agriculture really is going to be heavily weather centric. I think, I think that's going to be the play because that's really one of the biggest outliers. I mean, obviously, um, we, we in the ag world, the ag space, the trading space, we have to uh, pay attention to everything else that the equity t- equity uh, traders and also the fixed income traders have to have to worry about. But man, that weather's a uh, that's a that's a bugger, and that's uh, that's why I think sometimes, a lot of times, that um, agricultural traders maybe have a leg up. They don't make as much money as, as as the guys on the equity desk or the fixed income desk at the big banks. But I think they have, you know, more to worry about, and that that one's going to be weather, and that one's probably going to be the biggest uh, impact that AI has.
0: So, there's specific companies that are more. I mean, like I'm like people are mentioning deer. I mean, I don't, you know, deer has it. I don't know where the AI. I guess that will help them with the farming. Uh, cat. I mean, is there? are there weather really i mean companies that are or is it just going to be the chip companies they're going to well, create people are going to buy the chips to predict the weather and that's all you need to know
3: yeah I, I mean it's there's no i don't think i could go out there i mean maybe dtn would be something that i probably would look at because they're they started off as weather but now they're in the ag space um but i i'm i'm not even sure that uh the I'm not even sure that they're uh, public, though. So, um, no, I think it, you're, you're right about the the, uh, the chip space and, and how that's going to go, because, I mean, weather is so benign, everybody does it. Um, and you're going to see that also affect, uh, you know, the major channels, too, about what they're going to be putting out there as far as what we have to worry about on a daily basis. So I wouldn't say it's just an ag play. It's a weather play, and it's a chip play.
1: Scott, what about the overall market here? I mean, it's been an interesting 2024 so far. We had a first week or two where we got a little bit of selling pressure, some profit taking, but then the buying has just come right back in. S&P making new all-time highs here on Friday. Um, You know, Obviously the queues have been marching. We know the AI trade has been marching here. IWM has been lagging again. Does this continue? Is it a stock pickers market? Do we just buy everything? thoughts on the fed i want to ask you all these questions give us the macro picture scott what are you thinking
3: um i'm not i'm I'm definitely not thinking six six rate cuts i'm thinking maybe one and the market's begging for them so bad anytime it gets a whiff of news that might look like a rate cut it screams higher yeah so so it's not trading like it's not trading healthy to me they're they're begging for rate cuts now because it's an election year they might actually just get them Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, look, we've had every other uh, agency of the government's been politicized. It's got three letters, right? Uh, You know, FBI, CIA, DOJ, CDC, WHO. Now, uh, I call it the FED. They could be politicized this year, too. So you might see some rate cuts that maybe not be warranted. Um, But at the same same time, I'd say the macro picture when it comes to rate cuts, whether we should get them. On one hand, if you're really worried about inflation, which is the Fed's mandate, you wouldn't cut them you'd keep them the same. Maybe, I mean, there's a, I, I've heard some other folks out there argue for a hike. I wouldn't maybe do that right now, but I'd keep them, you know, just because you think you got out in front of inflation does not mean, okay, that job's done, let's start cutting them, because you're nowhere near your 2% mandate, number one, you're at 3.4. But number yeah. two is, is that if you got it up here, if you want to wait and see, I get that, but you're not going to start cutting until you start to see some weakness in the economy.
1: The well, problem later. is... Look at the labor market. The jobs numbers are so resilient. Like people are not, you know, so made their pockets. but jobs have been
3: resilient. Yeah, that's weird because the jobs numbers, the jolts numbers, you know, those, those jobs aren't, uh, I think I, I just want to live another 25 years so I can find out what's really going on with jobs because that's the only really big number that has been very difficult to try to get your head around because it just doesn't make any sense. I would say... With, with a fair degree of confidence anecdotally i don't have a ton of information about this but i would say that 60 percent of america the lower 60 percent is in a recession right now and the top 20 to 30 percent is uh also enjoying the fruits of of inflation and what that's doing to the market because you know the, the the news that came out earlier this year um contradicted what everybody was thinking as far as what the fed was going to do that's why we had that bumpy start right we got out of the gate we tripped and uh and it was really because everybody had been out over their skis with all these rate 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 cuts at the end of last year between christmas and new year the market was just trading like it was you know funny money um and i think that was good to see the market finally try to you know take hold we're not going to get six cuts we're not going to get four i don't think um i think that we'll you know i would say that if you get your job done you'd keep them where it is and then if you start to see weakness, then you start cutting just because you reached your goal doesn't mean, OK, we can start cutting. You're going to put yourself back in that problem again. But I'm there's not a lot of people on that island with me right now, um, but I'm going to have to kind of weather the storm. I, I, I Equities are to me, they're overpriced. I mean, they're they, because of this rate cut talk, it's just uh, and you might be, car- you know, be careful what you wish for, because you might get your rate cut, but only on the back of the fact of a 15 percent downdraft. Right. I mean. That might be where all these people are right when they're talking about getting rate cuts. Because well, of the election... Go ahead.
1: That's what I thought too, you know, coming into this year, I was like, they're not going to start cutting rates until the economy starts to fall off cliff. But then Powell has that press conference at the end of the year talking about rate cuts. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, now all of a sudden the Fed's in the prediction business and on the data dependent business, apparently. <laughs> right. So well, that, that's that- where I was like, oh my gosh, well, you can't fight the Fed if they're going to start cutting rates and the markets at all time highs here and jobs are flying. I mean, hard to hard to be short stocks,
3: right? Exactly right, and I think that's going to be the case for the first six months this year until we get some data that says otherwise. Because if you're the between the age of twenty five and thirty five and you want to move to a good job like you have already, there aren't they're just not out there. Um, there's a lot of service sector jobs. There's a lot of different jobs, but I, it's it's it, it doesn't add up to me. But the other thing to your point about Powell, December the first, if you remember, he came out with this, you know, the standard. The job's not done yet. Stay the course. Inflation's still not, you know, we're not at our target. And then oh. a short two weeks later, actually 13 days later, December the 13th, we get the dot plot, which is absolutely mind numbingly boring to me uh, because that means that I've spent all this time in finance just to, to be, you know, take it, looking at a Rorschach test, but these people have put their expectations out there for two and three rate cuts and the market goes bananas. Well, that's all it took. So, the markets took off on the back of the fact that we're going to get rate cuts. So they go from two to three to six to seven. If I, if you, you know, if, if you remember correctly, I think that's we're now back to three to four. Um, but I would argue that that's even pie in the sky. Equities are overpriced because of this expectation. Let it happen. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to get in the way of it and fight the tape. But just know that. We're not that far away from, there. okay, there's going to be a reckoning. Right now, everybody, when I tell them in the bar on a Friday night that the economy is not doing well, points right to jobs and right to the yeah. stock market, and I get it. That's fine. Here's the deal, though. Um, the, the economy is not fine. 38% of, of, of uh, reporting companies this year said they're going to be laying people off, right? Um, if you look at all the people, there was a Wall Street Journal report last uh, December of all the firms that fired people last year. Uh, you, you look at um, just the underlying economy for that lower 50 to 60% of the economy, and they're getting killed. We've got delinquencies for auto loans up, delinquencies for uh, mortgages up. I mean, and look at the credit card debt that's only being compounded by these interest rate hikes. So I, it's, it's, it can't last. And consumer spending is what another one. They, they always, you know, look how strong the consumer is. I'm telling you, that consumer went from pandemic savings to their savings. Then they went to uh, credit cards. Then they went to home equity lines of credit. Then they went to their 401ks. And now they're doing buy now, pay later. All right. They're they're, they're going down the line of death for, so there's going to be a reckoning, but I spell it W-R-E-C-K. All right. I, I'm, it's, This can't go on, and I just know in my heart of hearts I'm not going to. I don't go out there and say talk about it a lot because everybody wants to know when it's going to happen. When you say stuff like that, all I all I can tell you is is at some point in time you're going to run out of money, and we're getting closer and closer. I don't know what they're they're going to exhaust next, but look, buy now, pay later is a was one of the biggest deals this last Christmas. And if you look at the Christmas numbers, everybody talked about nine percent year over year on sales. That was sales online. They didn't really make a big deal. Actually, it was only the people that had online sales that reported those numbers. When you put in bricks and mortar, it was two and a half. Then you back out a three and a half percent inflation rate. And our retail sales for the for, for Christmas last year were down. So, I, you know, look, I, I, I know it's an election year. I know there's going to be some funny stuff out there, but I'm just telling you, there's going to be a reckoning. This can't continue.
0: All right, let's talk about the commodity picture here. I'm looking at, uh, you know, soybeans kind of near their low of the move. I'm looking at wheat. I'm looking at some of these commodities. Crude has kind of been hanging in there. I haven't taken a look at uh, at uh, at uh, sugar. Well, actually, I think NS is sugar. Um, uh, what? Where? Where is the? Where is the inflation? Or or is it going to be this wage inflation that's going to get us? Uh, people wanting raises, PCE on Friday. So is it, maybe if it's not so much the commodities and the durable goods and everything, is it going to be the wages it's that kind of creeps up us and just goes, oh, no, inflation is not under control. We're running, we're running hot again.
3: Well, we had a big sucking sound uh, come out of the commodities markets at the beginning of 23, and that was all the inflation money leaving. And look at all of them. Like I said, the big three, corn, wheat, and beans have all trended lower. I think we've hit the bottom maybe. I don't know if there's a lot further more to go. I think we're going to go sideways here until we get a weather scare. And I think that the farmers that have been caught undersold will probably let some grain go then. But look at the chart. It goes from the upper left to the lower right on pretty much all three of those. And that's going to be a problem. When it comes to the wages, you're exactly right. You know, and anecdotally, I can tell you the folks that own restaurants, when things were going through the roof and the, and the, the cook and all the people in the back uh, needed to raise it, they got it. But now that all of that stuff has come off in price, it's still going up, but at a slower pace. Remember, we have a positive inflation number. You can't go back to the kitchen and say, OK, things are under control now. I need to take back that five bucks an hour I gave you. And that's going to be a problem. And that's it's already it's already a problem. And, the, you know, with the CFO of the CFOs of Walmart. Costco, Kroger. Now, those are food places, fellas. Food. They're saying they're guiding lower, worried about what this consumer has been spending because they're moving down the value chain from, say, beef to pork to whatever's next. Um, and if the WHO or WEF, the World Economic Forum, is a way we're going to be eating bugs.
0: All right. Any place to hide here? I mean, you can still get pretty good, uh, you know, uh, pretty good rates on your dollar. Bitcoin is pulled back eight uh, with this eventual reckoning coming and a pullback in the market uh where's the safest place to have your money um under your mattress?
3: No I mean you got to be in the market because you know markets as long as our, our our population's going up and by the way we don't have a southern border so it's definitely going up as long as your population's going up you're giving birth to new customers generally speaking. Uh, page one, paragraph one, sentence one, uh, you know, your equity market will rally, okay? But you just have to have money to make sure you want to put into it. So I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting for pullbacks with your money at 5% at all whatsoever. Um, and that's what we've done with our family money. So I think that's fair. I think that you need to be in the market all the time. Um, you, you just don't want to be stupidly in the market. If, if your grandmother died right now and gave you a big inheritance, would I pile in and buy the market now? Well, if I had a 40 year time horizon, it wouldn't matter. Um, but if I have a 10 year or five year time horizon, it definitely matters. So I think you could be a little bit more picky. But um, as far as uh, where do I want to hide out? I do think you're right. Everybody asked me the question. Over the last 25 years, where is it going to be the next place that we're going to be able to balance our budget? If you remember, the last time our books looked good in this country was right during that tech boom of the dot-com era, right? Well, I've always wondered what it was going to be. Was it going to be healthcare? What was it, what was going to be coming around the corner? Where was that, uh, you know, knight in shining armor? And it looks like like you guys kicked off the show. It looks like it's going to be AI. I think it's a little early. Everybody's still getting excited. Remember, anything with a .com after it really rallied too. Uh, but I think that's absolutely going to be the place where your money is going to really make a difference, and and it's going to and hopefully it makes a difference to the books of the country. Because, fellas, we're going to hit thirty five trillion uh, oh. in, Ju- in June as far as our debt goes, and that's not good either. That's a whole other conversation.
1: Well, let's go into that conversation for two minutes here because it is a concern. I mean, at what point in time? I mean, we've taken you know. 35 trillion dollars where does it stop i mean where do we get to a point where it's uncle and we say we can't go to a 50 trillion or 60 trillion or 70 trillion i mean we could argue a lot of the stock market growth has just been ridiculous overspending not just by the consumer but by governments. you know by just feeding money into this economy on a continuous basis and running deficits on a continuous basis i mean if we ever had to stop running a deficit What does that look like? I mean, all of a sudden, you know, what is, you know, all this spending? Because there's so much government spending that drives this economy. If we ever had to stop running a deficit, what does that look like for the economy?
3: Well, it's not good because you're taking, uh, well, uh, last year in 2023, the government was responsible for well over 600,000 jobs out of those jobs numbers we got every month. 53,000 jobs per month were government new government jobs last year. No, 56,000 I'm sorry. Because that number in 2023 it was double the 23,000 or 28,000 they averaged in in 2022. So 2022 28,000, 2023 56,000 at every time. So you're right. And it also it's unelectable. You can't go to Washington saying I'm going to cut cut uh you know, I'm going to cut spending and cut entitlements. I, I, out of I, look, our debt to GDP is r- r- getting close to 125 percent. Right? If you get to 130 percent of the of countries that have had a, de- a debt to GDP of 130 percent, 51 out of 52 have gone bankrupt. The only one that didn't was Japan, and Japan's up well up over 200. And I'm sorry to say that our lawmakers are looking at Japan saying we got a long runway here
0: he's the cow guy Scott lady joining us here on pre-market prep scott always appreciate having you on and uh we'll die you up again real soon all right guys scott Thanks, lady, the cow guy uh sp just hanging out here uh near the highs of the session <sighs> just uh one tick off it so we'll be keeping an eye. have no I, I had to go back to the front month futures going back until like April or, or where was that where did I get that 92 level uh going back to 2022 but Dennis, it's not all good news out there, especially for ADM investors.
1: yeah, so Archer Daniels Midland here uh, down 10 points sounds like they're doing an internal investigation at the request of the SEC. And they, let me just go grab the headline, and they have actually let their CFO go. So they put their CFO on leave. Multiple downgrades today. We got Goldman downgrading it, obviously, on this news. They are also cutting their earnings forecast amid this probe as well. So I don't know if the CFO was not counting something right, but this is a rare thing to see. Um, they put the CFO, Vikram Luthar, on administration leave. And this is in response to a voluntary document request from the SEC. Also, we're talking about their guidance. They're talking about cutting their earnings forecast here amid this probe. Multiple downgrades here today. So I don't know what the CFO was doing, but maybe wasn't adding something up right. This is not good news. When you see accounting issues, it's usually what Kramer says equals sell. I'm kind of with them on that. I don't like seeing accounting issues because if you can't trust the books, you can't trust anything. This is not good news. Down 10 bucks.
0: Yeah, down 10. And uh, I would say that there was monthly support. This was back in uh, uh, July and August of uh, 2021. Actually, in August and September, you had a pair of monthly lows at the 58.50 area. Uh, we are below that right now. Your pre-market low comes in at uh, 57.10. So just kind of, you know, just down this much on the news CFO God. I mean, I'm definitely not starting a long position here, but this is just such a big move for this. That I would look at this 57 to 58 dollar area as potential support. I mean, it's really super bad news and it's down. It's getting hit. I just, don't know how many times you would make money shorting a uh, ADM, I'm saying AMD because we never talk about this stock, ADM uh, down uh, $10. It's hard to
1: chase this stuff, but when you've got accounting issues, we just don't yep. know. Not enough information here. Cutting guidance, letting the CFO go. Sounds like there may be a problem with the books. Sounds like I need more information. You know, like you think about Boeing on day one and everybody wanted to be, oh, yeah, 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 we're going to go Boeing here. It's down 10 bucks. Was two hundred and thirty five dollars. Well, we ended up going down to two hundred multiple days later here. So let's get some more information.
0: Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Boeing did get a bounce off that two hundred dollar area. Uh, let's just kind of stick on like the negative news thing uh, here in China. Holy macro! Now they're leg lower here. Baba gives way. That's down a buck ninety one. 91 uh kweb i'm sure that's not looking good here dennis i know you've been cautious we've been cautious on china for a long time is it getting tempting it all here on the long side in china No,
1: because it's just been the death like the death of money i mean it just continues to go lower fxi gets hammered again here we've completely decoupled and don't even care what china does anymore and i don't know if it's like just worries about geopolitical risk or worries about US, you know, China tensions overall, but people do not want to invest in China. And it continues to underperform and it's been massively underperformed. Everybody's trying to pick the bottom on BABA. It continues to go down, um, you know, Dan Nathan on CNBC puts it in his acronym here. What I've learned the hard way is when stocks are weak, it's a hard to turn that story around. And this story in China stocks, besides Pinduoduo, Pinduoduo has been a better one, a little bit of a bright spot. But Alibaba's and the Baidu's and the FXI, even the K Web overall, have just been an epic disaster as in for investors here, and they've been value traps. And I don't know what turns that story around.
0: Uh, with Pin Duo Duo, I mean, do you do you, uh, you know do you take the other you know the other side of the the trade there, and you know look at it? I like get just can't like it's it can't China be- and
1: eventually starts to yeah. fall down too. I don't know. Yeah. Like you could say overall. I mean, Pinduoduo has had a hell of a run since the lows got down like $23 in 2022, which is obviously an overshoot. But we're still not back up to where we were in 2021, over $200 a share. So it's been a nice run. But 2021 investors are still down on this stock. So, I I mean, it's been best of breed uh, over in China because there's so many China names that are just sitting near 52-week lows. So you can't argue with the chart here on PDD. It's been a good one. But I just think... There's so many easier places to invest. Why go to the hardest one, which has been China?
0: All right. Uh, A story that uh, caught our eyes a couple of weeks ago, Uh, Macy's, Uh, $21. Dennis, I know you were part of that that group that was putting together that bid. Uh, Well- it did hit 21. Man, funny how that works out that way. It hit 21. It's been under pressure. We are getting news this morning uh, that that they're they're not going to take the deal. They they don't want it. It shows uh, it lacks compelling value. Dennis, what do you say to Macy's shareholders here? Trading up 36 cents.
1: Uh, I mean, and, and they're going to say, oh, they're not taking the deal. They're holding out for a better price. But I just don't think that better price is coming. I mean, Kohl's, we waited and waited and waited, and obviously that price never came. We can talk about the value of the real estate, but that real estate's worth a hell of a lot less than it was five years ago. Commercial real estate, you know, you look at some of these malls and they're, you know, not ghost towns, but they're not hopping like they were five to 10 years ago here. So I think if you're valuing those real estate dollars where they were five or 10 years ago, I think some of that commercial real estate is actually down in value. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of being a hero here. There's lots of other places to invest. There's no AI story here whatsoever. I just think, why be in Macy's? Why be in Baba? Why be in Macy's? Why be in the dogs?
0: Okay. It's uh, merger Monday here, right? And uh, we have a, a merger going on. And we have the acquirer, Sunoco, uh trading here in the red, breaching their support uh, at that you had at the $58 level. Now we can look at that. Um, as resistance and what snoko's doing is they're going to acquire New Star in an all-equity transaction valued at seven point three billion. Uh, let's look at the price action in New Star here and uh, trade it up four bucks here. New Star Energy getting taken out.
1: Yeah, I don't trade the stock at all. Um, Obviously, it had a 7.27% dividend, which is nice. You know, there is some value in the energy stocks. I'm not going to, like, say, you know, you look at some of these, you know, PEs on some of these energy stocks, and maybe you do see some consolidation. I mean, this is a sector that has not participated in the bull run whatsoever in the last six months. If anything, most of these stocks are down. I mean, you can look at Chevron and Exxon sitting near 52-week oh. lows. Just disastrous. Oxy holds that fifty-six, but I still think that just Buffett holding it up here. He ever kicks his finger off the buy button. I have not bought Oxy, just because it's been down here so many times here now. And when Buffett buys, nobody seems to care anymore either. And that scares me too. So I've actually, you know, I contemplated buying Oxy down here at 56. I don't have a lot of oil. And Buffett, you know, we know we got the Buffett put there, but at the same time, I just think, wow, it's been such a tough investment, oil here. And I don't know. Like, maybe it's telling us something about the economy as the oil yeah, prices continue to slip. You know, Scott makes lots of good points here, too. And maybe, you know, the, the oil is going to eventually lead, you know, us down. But, you know, so far, the stocks have just ignored oil and oil stocks have just been left in the dust.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is really a divergence here. I mean, you I mean, oil is holding steady right in the 70 hand. I, I pulled up uh, the USO here. Uh, but really, on the rallies, I mean, we've had that, you know, the Middle East and things. I mean, the Red Sea. I mean, if things calm down in the Red Sea yet, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. But still, ExxonMobil can't catch a bid. CVX, uh, they report uh, later in the quarter. Uh I mean, it's on monthly support here. So if you want to, you know, take a look at back at that that level one forty forty six. That was in September of two thousand twenty two. Just kind of. Hanging out here. Look at that. Three monthly, uh, three monthly candles right there, right at the one. Oh, we got the 132.62 this month. And uh, this is when they announced their big buyback. Remember that? Uh back at the near the end of 2023. Well, they're buying on they're they're definitely bids are getting hit in this one. Big pullback in CVX.
1: Moving on, Um, I talked oil, I'm not a fan. So let's go and look at earnings preview this week because we have a lot of big names coming up tomorrow night. So tonight, we got a couple banks, Zion Bank. We got AGNC Small. Uh, Logitech's going to report. UAL's going to report. Tomorrow's really where the fireworks get started. We're going to hear from Netflix tomorrow night. And NFLX has been... You know, just consolidating here, waiting for the report. Like we've had the big run back in October from 350 up to 500. And now we've been in consolidation station here for the better part of a month and a half. And we're waiting for new information. You know, how are the subscriber numbers looking? What's happening here? And, you know, obviously, you know, we've had difficulties with some of these other streamers, but Netflix has been best of breed. Are they going to blow the numbers away here, make a new high on the move up over 500? Or do they disappoint the street here, Joel? What are your thoughts
0: going into NFLX tomorrow night? Consolidation station here ahead of the report. You do have a triple top at the 486 area. You have punched through that in the pre-market, getting up to almost 489. Uh, But, man, just the way it's been trading the last couple days, I think the people that were selling at 486, trying to lighten up ahead of the report, Think they're gonna look at this and they're gonna say, Hey, I'm getting another buck premium to where I really wanted to sell. Uh, so keep an eye, must absolutely hold 486. That was the top of the range from the last three sessions currently trading 486.60 nice quiet move didn't quite get back to an all-time high but let's not be looking at in netflix let's take a look at ual here ual sure. that's trading up uh, 28 cents good support at uh it's 38 uh being dragged down by delta earnings right delta peaked at 42 that's kind of hanging out uh i mean you found some support you do have a good level someone trying to wiggle out of some stock 38 and a quarter that's your major number in ual uh you've had three of your last four highs there so in al you're still 75 cents away so still not really participating and i think i saw an. did i see an upgrade uh to american airlines this morning or did i make that up wolf research uh, yep they upgraded american airlines to outperform announced a 17 dollar price target target trading up 24 cents oh boy you still got a deal wow you still well you're right at yesterday's high here so you hold this 1380 punch through 14 let's see if uh if the Upgrade from Wolf Research. I could do anything for
1: AAL. Just overall, these airlines, they have significantly lagged. Like, I mean, if we feel like the economy's firing on all cylinders and everybody's just spending, like, you know, sailors out here, I mean, the airlines are telling us a different story. They all topped out last summer. They haven't got any love at all. The earnings have been okay. But I don't know if it's the market just saying, look, you know, people are going to have less money in 2024 to do expensive things like go on fancy trips, and there's going to be less travel. And maybe AI is going to slow down the travel too. I mean, we know like, you know, you're getting to this point where business meetings, there's a lot of stuff done virtually. That technology is only going to get better. Apple Vision Pro, I can envision, you know, helping with the technology there as well for business meetings here. It just doesn't equal like everybody flying all over the place to do everything here. And I think you're seeing like a secular decline here in the airlines. And that concerns me. It is concerning on the charts here. I do own a little bit of AAL in the long-term portfolio, almost thinking about just cutting it and moving on at this point in time. I bought around 15. I'm down a buck, buck and a half on it or something like that. Uh, But it just hasn't been the performer that it should have. And I think, you know, the earnings have been fine, but this, this, these stocks are telling us something else is happening here with these airlines. I think there's a lot easier places to
0: be. The save saga continues. Uh, some of that pre-market action that you saw on Friday with the re, uh, refinancing or restructuring never did get to the pre-market high little bit of consolidation here for save. Gilead uh, uh, trading up uh, 24 cents here. At that, that is nothing to get alarmed about here. But we are just leaking slightly. Well, here. it's
1: Gilead here, Joel. We're not okay. Let's go, Gilead. So G I L D. Let's get to the pro here. <clears throat> just break out the headline here. But this is a huge Boy. down move for Gilead. This news just broke here after 8:30. They provided an update on their Phase three EVOKE study. The study did not meet did not meet its primary endpoint. You never want to see that of overall survival and previously treated metastatic, I'm probably saying it wrong, non-small cell lung cancer. And this was a drug that people were excited about here. Um, And obviously, you know, not meeting the primary endpoint pushes it back a little bit. Phase three, you know, you're going to get to phase three, it's moving along. So you don't like to see those failures in phase three. Did not meet primary endpoint. Stock is trading down eight points here right now. Huge. Gilead has been a source of strength for the drug yeah. stocks. It has been marching up higher, giving back its entire move now in one foul swoop from um, you know the entire move basically from the last two months when it's moved from 75 yeah. to 87. We're trading down here at 79 here right now. I'm not sure if this is a dip to buy. Gilead still, you know, 3.8% dividend is nice. Value stock, PE is kind of lower. But I mean, they need more drugs in the pipeline. People were excited about this one. If this one's not going to be... One of those drugs, all of a sudden, you know, there's a repricing here. And that's why the GILD trading
0: down seven points here in the pre-market. Dennis, I know, I don't know if you had uh, caught the news as it hit. I mean, it's a, really a precipitous fall here. I can look, uh, I'll go to the one minute and boom. But yeah, one minute just, and this is just for technicals. And I know, I don't think you were probably trading it, Dennis, but, you know, look, look at it, the dailies here, right? And then you see a stock like this. <laughs> fall, eight, nine bucks, average daily range is probably. well, it had a big range on Friday. What would be, just looking at the chart real quick, you talked about the rally from 74, it didn't quite get there. Where would be your area of interest? Let's say you had a short on, just looking at this daily chart here, not being fancy, looking at a whole number, where would you ex- had expected a bounce or something seventy-five.
1: Would... I would expect a bounce to seventy-five. Okay, okay. But I don't know if I, it got that low.
0: No, it didn't. I see three lows at seventy-eight. Just you're looking 70. at the little low, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, looking
1: further out, and there's so much consolidation at okay. seventy-five. So I think you're early. It's but again, this is a stock that people have been buying lately. So it's a stock in an uptrend. So if you were short this thing, you're probably bringing it in on this. I actually think this dip might get bottom gilead I actually think this dip might get bought. It's early. 15 minutes past and only in pre-market trading things only trade one hundred sixty-four thousand shares yep i think this dip gets bought actually in gilead i don't know if i'm a buyer but i think the dip gets bought
0: okay all right there's uh there's your news on gilead uh a stock that's not participating in the market in a sector that's definitely not participating uh is the evs here and you have tesla after the close on Wednesday, I mean, how many times in your trading history does have you seen Tesla? and the S and P's just ripping people's face off, and Tesla going down here? What does your and I know NIO? I mean, that thing is I don't even look at it when I see the percentages down because it's such a what's well, the double
1: I go over there, China and. <laughs> You know, E and EV combined, and EV has been an epic disaster, and China has been an epic disaster, and that equals a real epic disaster for NIO. But I mean, EV, we, we we so if we just talk, and we've talked about this before. That's why I've stayed away from EV. You know, obviously I have some exposure, but I haven't been you know jumping and buying these dips now because I think there's going to be. I do agree with Scott on a lot of points. I think consumers are going to have less money in 2024, and I think going and upgrading to a fancy you know, electric vehicle is not going to be in a lot of people's budgets. I think the big three are telling us that because they're putting less dollars into investing over there. So if you look just through it all here, I mean, what a disaster. Tesla's held up OK. But I mean, Rivian has been a disaster. And Lucid, just an epic disaster. And Fisker looks like it's going out of business. I mean, it's 80 cents here now. Ooh. All these small EV stocks have all just, you know, went. And then lithium stocks have just been epic disasters, too. I know I'm long a couple of them. And you know, I was long them, thinking you know it's going to be EVs going to be the turn. Well, we're early here, and the people don't have the money for it. I do think there's eventually going to be a movement to EV. I don't think it's in 2024. That keeps me away from Tesla as well. I know we got the bots; they're talking about. I saw the video of the robot folding some laundry and doing some stuff here. So Musk working on some other things. I never bet against Musk because he works on other things. And a and Tesla will be a lot involved in AI as well. But if you're just taking Tesla at face value. Electric car companies are not where you want to be in 2024.
0: Also, now Dennis, I know, I know you're in a newer house, and uh, you know we've had some uh, preliminary discussions uh, here in the Alkana household about getting an uh, EV. Uh, man, oh man, you got to spend some money in your house to make sure that you have the proper charging and the. I mean, so on top of the costs that you already have, while well, they're starting to come down a little bit. I mean, you know, you got to get a major upgrade, you know, to, to, to your panel and everything. So there's another, another cost. Now, like I said, you're, you're in a newer house. So, you know, chances are you would have the juice to do it, but that's a, that's another um added expense. Uh, Tesla uh, made a new low for the move on Friday, uh, down 21 cents. You probably see since the. Earnings are after the close on Thursday. You know, probably a little bit quieter of a tiding range as people, you know, if you're short it going into the report, yeah, maybe uh, you know, bringing it in here from 260, really going contra to the market, and uh, you know, if you want to get long, you know, going into report, well, you're definitely looking. You're looking at a steep discount here from uh, where you ended, uh, two thousand. Yeah, on Wednesday
1: night. I mean, if Tesla says anything okay, maybe it bounces because it's, you know, very, you know, obviously going into the report, expectations are very low here. So it's not, it's rare that Tesla goes into report and they got a low bar. They do though. That being said, I think, you know, like you're seeing Tesla price cuts. You're seeing issues here with, I think demand is softening for electric vehicles here. I think Tesla's going to feel that too. So I'm somewhat concerned. Tesla's not my stock for 2024. It wasn't in my acronym. I didn't call it TASA or NADA. I kept Tesla out of there intentionally. I do think there's a place for Tesla long-term here still, because I never would bet against Elon Musk, but I just think EV. I think the people have a lot less money in 2024 for big ticket stuff like brand new fancy electric vehicles.
0: Okay. So. Is cutting jobs a good thing or a bad thing, right? The market reacts different uh, different ways to it. Well, uh, you have a uh, uh, solar edge here cutting 16% of the global workforce under a strategic restructuring move. You did get a nice pop in that, but people were waiting arms out on this one. Way off the pre-market high at 73.76. Do these cost-cutting measures at Solar Edge here, uh, have you looking at the stock in any more of a positive light? I know we've been uh, quite dour on these things for the past year, year and a half, but uh, talk about the price action. I don't see interest rates
1: at 2-3%. And there's no reason to go and get bullish, you know, all these solar stocks until we start to see the TLT have a significant rally. Um, These are leverage plays on interest rates because people have to get financing to buy the products. And people aren't getting the financing as cheap as they used to. And some of these projects just don't make sense when the financing is 7, 8, 9%. So this is what is killing them the most. Higher rates have destroyed the solar industry here. Maybe lower rates will bring it back. But until we start seeing rates significantly drop, it's hard to get bullish, you know, all these solar companies here. And solar, just bring up the tan. It has been a disaster. You think about how many stocks are trading near all-time highs, and the tan is near multi-year lows. The reason for that is all rates. Is there going to be a turnaround? Yes. When the TLT starts rallying over 100 bucks, you start loading up your solar stocks. But until TLT can stage some sort of significant rally, it is hard to be bullish solar it's all
0: about rates in the solar industry all right and uh, tlt uh, it's come down off that hundred dollar level kind of consolidating at 94. uh we do have some economic data coming out but it's not going to be a little bit later in the <laughs> week uh we get uh we get durable goods uh i believe that's on the 25th uh New home sales towards the end of the week. I guess the big number that will be at the end of the week, and we get the core PCE price index for December, personal income spending, and pending, uh, pending housing sales. So uh, we have the we have the earnings to occupy Tuesday morning. Uh, Dennis, let me know if you're interested in looking at the technicals. We do have a whole host of stocks that are reporting Tuesday morning. Uh, Dr. Horton. Uh, let's just take a quick run at the chart on sure. this one, right up near old time high. Home builders I are mean,
1: been monsters. Yep. I mean, the housing shortage is real. These stocks continue to find a way. Again, you would think with higher rates, that housing wouldn't be resilient, but we know why, because there's no supply out there, because nobody moves, because they're all locked into 30-year cheap mortgages here. It's not the same story in Canada. It's a completely different story in Canada. Most of these home builders, these publicly traded home builders, do not even have operations in Canada, though. So you can worry; it's a completely different story in in, in Canada, and that's because people will move, and that's because in, in Canada they don't have thirty year locked in mortgages. So it's the thirty year locked in mortgages kept these companies just printing money, and if rates start to go down, it's actually just going to be more, um, you know, fuel for these stocks, which have been unbelievable companies. I've got this trade absolutely wrong. Not to be long these stocks, I've stayed away from them because of higher rates it hasn't mattered underestimated that you know nobody's going to move and there's no supply out there
0: uh ge a uh, darling of 2023 uh continuing its upward trajectory in 2024 one of the rare cases in the reverse stock split uh <laughs> uh day and age uh that's uh rallied but um you know nice move here in ge trading up 47 cents uh, the recent high of the move, definitely not an all-time high because we know we can go back and look at the charge. So if you're looking for a target, the recent high of the move, it's getting pretty darn close to that. That's one thirty, uh, one thirty eighty that was hit on January twelfth. That was uh a week ago on Friday. So uh, that Verizon boring. And I'm again,
1: sure. GE is maybe you know, it's a good turnaround story here, but let's give it perspective. I always like Blasting out the chart a little bit further. People are supposed to say, What a fantastic okay. company, GE at all time highs. That is short termism. It is not even close to all time highs, folks. The all time high on General Electric is way higher. I got to go to all data here. The all time high for General Electric is $350 a share. So if you invest in GE way back 22 years ago, you're down 65% on your money. It's been a terrible, terrible long term investment. It has bounced because maybe it overshot and, you know, we we underestimated the turnaround, you know, here. So it, it's, it's good that this company is turning it around. But this stock has not been a good long-term investment at all.
0: Okay. Uh, let's, um, We're doing a lot of the earnings here for the stocks. Uh, I'm just going to scroll up in the chat here. If I missed something in the <laughs> chat. On. Uh, could you throw it in there again for me? I see Rob Irwin talks about AMD nonstop. Uh that's a big old candle, big old monthly candle, up 52 cents in the pre-market. I just I mean, the only number you have is uh 174 and a quarter. Uh that's where it uh, it hit on Friday and it closed right there. So if you're trying to short this thing and bring it in for a gap fill. Uh, that would be the area. Besides that, I mean, really no levels there in AMD to take a look at. No uh,
1: reason to short stocks making new all time highs. Write that down. People get murdered shorting stocks at all time highs. You short weakness, you don't short strength. Like, well, I short stocks every day. I'm scared to death to short AMD here right now, long in the long term portfolio. But I mean, is it overvalued? Maybe. But you know what? There's a revaluation happening on all these stocks. People come in, in SMCI shorting it saying, oh, yeah, 355, that'll hold. Now it's 100 points higher here in a day. I mean, stocks making new all-time highs, don't short them. That's the worst thing to do. Like, people naturally think the stock's going up. I'm going to short it. This is how you make money. You know how the shorts make money? Shorten the crap. They're shorting the companies that are just struggling and they get a little bit of a bounce and they short those. The Pelotons and the Neos and all these China names that are just, you know, just destroyed. That's where people have made money shorting stocks. They're make not making money shorting stocks on NVIDIA and AMD. So when you're looking, if you're looking and you're coming into these charts and looking for new all-time highs to short stocks, your strategy is seriously flawed.
0: If anything, wait for a period of consolidation, right? Wait and for then a breakdown.
1: They... Wait yeah. for something. <laughs> like all-time highs, NVIDIA. There are people talking about, oh, you got to be short NVIDIA at $600. They were saying that at $500 and $400. And you know what's happened? They've just grown earnings so much that they're, it's actually, the stock is actually the same price trading on a multiple basis. as where it was when it was $400 because they've grown earnings that much. So this, you know... People talk coming on CNBC and saying how overvalued Nvidia is, and you know, giving all these arguments and that. Those people have been dead wrong.
0: All right, ARCH. I believe that's Arch Resources. Once again, stock at a new all time high. Not much worth to tell you. Up two bucks. But that, I just be a little bit careful um, on this one because it's up on only 816 shares. So not a big move on that one. Not widely followed. Uh, we got just a couple minutes left here, Dennis. And I just want to discuss PayPal with you and see if they're. Is there going to be a catch-up trade in Square? Now I know PayPal had their Investors Day and uh, you know kind of you know got people excited. Uh, Is there is there a catch-up trade in Square? Trading up a buck five today, just been sleepy. It's already caught up.
1: I mean there is a huge catch-up trade here, but the catch-up trade was a month ago when Square was trading up near seventy-five seventy-nine, and PayPal had not participated at all and was sitting down, you know, in the 50s. There you go. So, you know, we've already caught up and we've just caught it. Now it's past Square again. These two stocks are maybe the best two to play. When the spread gets really wide, short the one and put on the other. And there seems to always be some type of correction here. And that correction has occurred. PayPal now trading above Square. There's supposed to be some news coming out on PayPal. Some the CEO is supposed to say something I heard this week. Um, maybe that's the driver here. I'm not following the story very closely. Maybe the chat can help me out there. But there's been rumors that the pay that they're coming out with something big, big announcement here. And that's really what's driven, you know, the story of PayPal has been driven the last couple of days by um social media talking about, you know, CEO coming out and saying something. I'm not sure what that is, but I think that's why you're seeing the significant pop ahead of that.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, square uh trading up a buck off its high, uh, pre-market high comes in at uh Sixty-seven thirty-nine. That's really not too far away. That's above the high from yesterday. If you're looking for more on this move, there are a pair of highs at the sixty-eight seventy-five level. That was from at the end of la- uh, the last week and on Monday. If you're looking for another target, uh, four uh, square. As far as PayPal goes, that's one is has been moving new high. The move here up another two dollars. Coming into the gap area for August, uh, and that was it. Hmm. Above that, 6693. You got a big old gap here to fill in PayPal up to 72.50. Trading three-quarters of a million shares here, but I think you're going to, before you just go lickety-split and fill that gap there, I think you at least have to show people establish a bid here at the $64.5, $65 area. Okay, Triple D, it's 9 a.m. It's time to wrap it up on this Monday here. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, the Gilead did drag us down a little bit. That's the only negative news. I don't think you're going to get a chance to buy that on uh, at 78 today. Uh, not much earnings after the close. Economic numbers later in the week. How are you looking at today's open and after hours?
1: Well, it's tech driving the bus here once again. The same stocks were driving the bus on Friday continue to drive the bus here today. SMCI is trading up 28 more points. We have AMD trading significantly higher. Um, it's actually given back a little bit, AMD and NVIDIA. They're kind of a little bit quieter this morning. They were up more earlier. Um, but tech, if I'm looking overall, tech continues to drive here. IWM's driving here too. I don't know why the IWM's blasting off like it is, but you know maybe rates are popping back here a little bit. That helps, meaning you know TLT popping back. Rates are actually going down here today. So you're getting a first day where you're getting some TLT rally here. So you day traders out there, maybe that gives you a little bit of love in solar for a day. I mean, you know, I'm not talking to long-term investors, but if the TLT is rallying, it's often good for those beaten down interest rate plays. So keep an eye on solar for the day as day trading.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, We're going to wrap things up for today. Up (coughs) solid 15 handles at 48.84.50. Just a couple ticks higher at 48.85. Pre-market high, uh, 48.90.50. I mean, basis the the contract uh you know that we're on we're trading at all time highs of course if you incorporate uh longer term uh with the futures uh that highs you still have 115 bucks to go to get over there uh when we traded over 5000 in January of 2022 uh AB hope you're feeling better there go get some cough drops take it easy today triple D We got to get rid of that cough once and for all. But uh, that's wrapping it up on this Monday. Benzinga's pre-market prep.